Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Witching Hour. We've got a great guest for you today, author and amazing person, Christy Robinette. And she's going to talk about empaths, something we all need to talk about right now. And my magic is going to tie into that, too, as you will see. But first off, let's do Where's Patty? Where am I? You know, if I didn't watch this, I wouldn't even know myself. <laughs> um, well, I'm starting to go out of town now, but this one, first one is actually for fun. Um, this next weekend, I'm going to be lounging at the beach at La Casa del Mar Camino. So we'll see what that is. It's kind of a little tradey this and that. So they want me to see, feel out the spirits there. So Look for me next week, and I'm going to be lying on the beach. I hope it's nice weather, and even if it isn't, I will be bundled up in my parka and lying on the beach. But I'm still here, of course. Tuesday, I am starting my advanced mediumship course at my school, at University Magicus. And if you didn't take my first course, you actually can buy the first course. It's very inexpensive. Watch it, and then jump into the second one if you are interested. We will give you time to do it. Um, on Wednesday, I am guesting, there's this beautiful guest, and she was on my show. Her name is Ashley. She's a Pythian princess. Uh, she is Pythian. I can never say it right, not even in front of her. But she's launching her show, and I did an episode of hers, and she's doing this big launch. So that's going to be next Wednesday. I think it's going to be live and all this stuff. Um, as soon as I have more information, I will post it. Um, on next weekend, Sunday... I'm not teaching a class because I'm going to be lying on the beach. Yes, I am. And the week after I get back and I'm going to be jumping on a plane for London. And those of you in anywhere in the UK who want to be there, I am honored to be doing the Festival of the Unexplained at Bosworth Hall, wherever that is, somewhere in the UK, which sounds like a fabulous old and haunted building. That is also a spa. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of a haunted building that is also a spa? So I'm really looking forward to that. So join me there if you are on that side of the pond. Um, and that's it. Okay, guess, guess what time it is. It's time for the Yawning Willow Report. Because that's what she does every time we get her in front of this little camera. So, Willow Report. Today is Willow was just on one of her first filming sets. Nope, she didn't have her acting debut quite yet, but we were filming at my house, and I was hmm, perhaps more than a little worried about her behaving with the crew and cameras and things, And because you maybe just maybe have heard her bark here and there within these podcasts even, perhaps, or my classes, or pretty much any other part and time of the day. She's not the quiet, and she's not quite yet the most disciplined. But here we are tomorrow. Yeah, yesterday morning, early, bright and early. Here comes a crew. Here comes everybody. And she liked it. She saw all the equipment there bringing in things that look like suitcases. They're usually black, but you put equipment and stuff. But she likes suitcases. All of a sudden, she's climbing on suitcases. She's playing like queen of the mountain kind of thing. I turn around and there'll be a light stand next to a camera stand in two big black cases and there she is on top of it. And I'm like, oh, that's really cute. Not one bad bark from her the whole time. She stayed quiet. We were able to film. She stayed on the couch. She may have, may have dragged a like four foot seahorse into the shot at one point that 
you know, somebody might think interesting along the way that looks kind of odd with my house, but she did it quietly. But the one goofy thing that I really did, 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 did notice about her is you really are a thief. She's a thief. She's a thief, a really good thief. Um, and when people show up again, everybody has stuff. We have stuff. So uh, one of the girls had put their purse down and bags. And again, besides the crew bags and all the wires and things, all of a sudden, somebody in her mouth has the things from the purse. Wallets, money, makeup, compacts, private girly things. Did you steal that right from her purse? Yeah, she did. So... I might have a thief in the training. I, I guess if we lived in olden days, I could be, be like, go pickpocket the local bar, shall we? No one would suspect this cute little dachshund now, would they? But we don't do those things anymore, do we? But um, I'm discovering her talents, finally. <laughs> She's a pickpocket and a thief. That's my girl. That's it for the Willow Report. Say bye-bye, baby. Say bye-bye, baby. putting love out to everything going on on the planet right now, you guys. The planet needs it. The people need it. And on that note, we're going to talk about the magic for today, shall we? The magic for today is keeping calm in the storm. Um, you know, we thought it was bad the past two years with this unending pandemic. Now let's you know, now let's add some serious warring into that. So it's a chapter I have in my book, but I've even added some things into that. Um, you have to take care of you. The more we have to take, yes, we have to take care of our family and our children and our spouses and all the stuff that we do in our planet. Yes, yes, yes. But you can't take care of any of that until you really take care of yourself. Remember, you are your best magic tool, whether you call yourself a special spellcaster or a witch or a shaman or a new age or whatever that is. You are your best tool, no matter what you use. And you got to keep that in really good shape. So um, my first thing to do that, you got to get in nature. Now, again, I know I've said this before for all you people in 48 feet of snow. But if you, you know, if you can get out even for five minutes, get out in nature and take it in. You know, if you can sit under a tree with your butt on the ground and get into that. If you can't, look at nature, visualize nature, do whatever you can. But Nature is calming. We are still these human beasts that need to get out. Um, so get out in nature if you can. Number two, if you have a, the use of a bathtub, take a white bath. Everybody's heard of a salt bath, a cleansing bath, and those are great. We get rid of stuff, whether it's Epsom salt or sea salt or kosher salt or pink salt or black salt. Salt is salt. Um, and a white bath is kind of old-fashioned southern magic to that salt. Add a little sugar for sweetness. Add a little milk for nurturing. So it's kind of like you're tapping into the womb. I use it, you guys know I in cleansing, I use a lot of cascarilla powder, which is eggshell. Put some eggshell powder. Maybe you just have some white petals of flowers. Put it in. Anything white and cleansing, that's not poisonous. Take it into a bath. Now, for those of you who don't, I don't have a bath, a lot of city livers and things you don't. Get in a nice shower. It doesn't have to be on heavy. You could put some of those ingredients in a nice soft cloth or pour them on yourself. Do you know how kind of magical it is to pour a little, a little salt down your body? It makes a nice scrub. A little sugar, the same thing. 
pouring a little milk on your head. Might even be good for your hair. I don't know. But a white bath is cleansing and nurturing. Number three Take care of yourself just a little bit better. Whatever it is, like it doesn't mean I'm gonna go on a health kick now, but it, there is truth to you are what you eat, you are what you do and your sleep. So even if you just go, well, maybe I'm just gonna 10% it a little bit better because you will feel better. Even if it's a, you know an extra 20 minutes of sleep, going to bed earlier or eating less processed food or less Snickers bar, whatever that is, you will, when your physical body feels better, you will feel better. Number four, get outside and look at the sky. You know, and you can do it through a window if it's snowing outside, but day sky, night sky, get a perspective, whether it's clouds and sun or puffy clouds or big gray clouds or lightning, night sky with the stars. Get a perspective on things that we are just this little part of this big working magical sacred machinery so you can get a perspective that life isn't what's going on in your head all the time and number five is consciously create your own reality whatever that is make things matter um what kind of music you listen to what color your out your your pink outfit makes you relax your purple outfit makes you feel like this um what you're listening to candles and scents and on that note Add some tools to it. A lot of you are, like certainly uh, people who work with crystals and oils and things. So I thought I'd give you some of my favorite, both crystals and essential oils that can really help you, again, relax, get rid of anxiety, keeping calm in the storm. Um, my favorite one is lavender. And lavender is easy to get. You, you can get little lavender petals. You can get lavender spray. You can get lavender tinted essential oils. Lavender, whether you're dabbing it on yourself or you put it in a diffuser or you have those little sticks, lavender. Ylang Ylang is a good one. It's kind of a hit or miss thing. Bergamot orange. It's very healing and great. Um, lemon. Lemon is both cleansing and healing and good. Frankincense. Again, it gives you the sacred feeling within itself. Clary sage. Clary sage is beautiful. Rose. Because rose is the, it's the highest vibration of flower, and therefore the scent is a high vibration scent. Chamomile. Just like the tea, chamomile tea relaxes you. And drink some chamomile tea. Again, part of that eating maybe just a little bit better. Um, jasmine. Jasmine is kind of to me, it's invigorating while relaxing, which sounds like an oxymoron, but it isn't. It gives you this, ooh, that's jasmine, but I can relax into it. Um, and a couple, uh, vetiver is really good if you even know what that is and where you can get it. And there's another oil called neroli oil. And there's so many beautiful uh, essential oil things out there. You can get them at stores, support your local stores when you can. And if you can't, there's online and there's a good old Amazon and everywhere else. So put that scent because remember we are breathing it. This is our life force. This is our air. And then again, just like nature crystals, you know, those of you who work with crystals and stones, um, my number one amethyst, because it is, it's, it's nature's tranquilizer. It is nature's relaxer. It, it's so much filled with love. And then number two is selenite. And I've, I have a big old right next to me at all times on my show, selenite. It's relax you. It's cleansing. It's all the, I got to get this stuff off me that I gathered walking down the street. Um, number three, tiger's eye. There's a reflection about the magic of a tiger's eye. It's really good whether you're holding it, whether you're laying down with it, whether you have a little necklace or stone with it on. Number four is sapphire. And they're awfully pretty too. Um, 
And number five is lepido, lepidodite. I don't even know how to say it, but it's a really healing stone. Angelite, angelite. For those of you who know what that is, it's kind of angelic looking. It's you know, sigh that a lot of these stones have this glistening to them because stones often represent what it is, and that glisten helps cleanse you. And my last one um, that is really good is black tourmaline. Any black stone helps get rid of negativity, and that can include your stress and your whatever you've taken on because you watched the news or because you walked outside. Um, so jet. Onyx, any black stone takes away negativity, but black tourmaline can take away negativity and cleanse and turn it into positivity. So again, I have all over the place. So, and they're inexpensive. You guys can get 50 cent stones. So this does not have to cost you a lot of money, but you create your sacred space. You are your sacred body. And we will get through this. We are survivors. We are amazing people. And then when you are at your best, then you can do whatever else you need to do to help everybody and everything else along the way. Because remember, you are magic. So let me introduce you to Christy Robinette. She is a revolutionary psychic medium and astrologer. In addition to giving readings and teaching workshops, she uses her psychic skills to assist with police investigations. Um, she lectures across the country and is a frequent media commentator, appearing on ID channels, Restless Souls, Fox News, ABC News, Coast to Coast, and many more. You can check her out at christyrobinette.com. But for right now, let's meet her live and nationwide. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited because in this world, we know that the world is a little crazy right now. Right. World war, we, you know, pandemics. And, and you know, people in our world, everybody's thing is, I'm, I'm an empath. I'm, I'm an empath. And they look at it like it's the burden of the world. And you have this beautiful new book called Embrace Your Empathy. So tell us a little bit about this, where did it come from, you know? So I, I'm also an empath and I also thought that it was a burden or a curse and it took me a long time in my short 50 something years to sort of figure out that it is a blessing and it was a blessing and I do lectures and I do sessions with clients and they're always like, this is the worst thing. Like, how do I make it go away? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this. So I went, I want to help a larger scale audience. And I started writing it in the middle of probably one of the craziest times in my life. My dad was having quadruple bypass. My brother was dying. My husband was just diagnosed with cancer. The pandemic was here. I just lost a pet. Like it was like a bad country song, you know, that did not make it to the top charts. So it was really bad. And I sat down and it really was kind of like therapy for me because as I was going through all of this, I was starting to believe that maybe being an empath was a curse, that feeling, all of the feelings was negative. And I was be, being able to sort of reroute that belief back into something positive. And if I could do it for myself during all of the crazy time, I thought I should hopefully help to at least help at least one person. Like if it just helped one person, I was doing my job with it. I went to my publisher. I tried to pull the contract. I wrote it. I threw it in the garbage. I rewrote it. Like I was my own worst enemy, which is such a typical empath you know, thing to do. 
And I was really finally, you know, able to sort of set sail with it. And I think it came out in the perfect time because as we, you know, are currently seeing Ukraine and Russia and the pandemic is still, you know, going. And so I think that there's such a misconception that empaths, it's a terrible thing, that they're weak, that they are like the weakest link, which is false. And there's a misconception that there's a one-size-fits-all empath. So I teach in the book the different types of empaths and that not every empath is the crier. I am the one that cries with everything, though. But there are some very strong, you know, non-criers as well and that they can be great leaders. They don't have to be the weak ones. That is beautiful. So explain for my audience. Okay, they go, I hear this all the time, empath. What is an empath? Well, how, how do you? So we kind of have to classify it because there are different empaths. So there's the intuitive empath, which is those that feel the energy from people. They are the psychics. They are the healers. They are um, combined with the emotional empath, which feels the emotions of people. Mm. So the intuitive empath is the person that is the human lie detector. So Mm. they know when somebody is lying and they don't know why. And it's painful to them for someone to stand in front of them and tell a blatant lie. It, It physically, emotionally to the core, soul hurts them. The emotional empath feels the mood. They can walk into a room and they can feel the emotions even if somebody is faking that they're okay. They're the ones that knows somehow that that person had a fight with their spouse the night before. They know that, that emotional. Then there is the physical empath, which feels the physical attributes, the pain, the physical pain, the physical elements. They end up being the healers, like the physical doctors, nurses, Reiki even, therapists. Um, And then there is the earth empath. And the earth empath is the one that says, I just need to get out into nature. A lot of times they're classified as the hippie, you know, the tree huggers. And they are attuned to crystals and they're attuned to herbs and the garden. And they might be the kitchen witches and the ones that, you know, really need to ground themselves. So an empath is somebody who feels energy, whether it is through the physical sense, through the intuitive sense, through the earthly sense and beyond. That is beautiful. So again, so you see it, it, like you just said it, why people all freak out about it. It's like, I physically hurt when I do this. So how do you turn that into a gift? Well, I think that a lot of people just want to turn it off, right? They just want to say, just take this away from me. I love being psychic, but I don't like being an empath. I love being a medium. You know, I love seeing ghosts, but I don't want to feel all of that. And I firmly believe that you can learn how to dial it up and dial it down. And we can utilize whatever is good for you. I think the first important thing is to set an intention with regards to it. And that sort of sets the dial, the balance of the dial. So if you're feeling everything all the time and you're feeling a bit mentally unstable because of it, then you set the intention of, I receive as much as I can, you know, handle. 
and not anything and, and not anything more, not anything less and connecting with your spirit guides and building that relationship with them so that they know that you can only handle so much. And when you're ready to dial it up or you need to dial it down, you can do so. And I actually utilize a lot of different meditations in the book, which are also a really great way to set that intention or because the typical, a lot of empaths or a lot of psychics or a lot in that, that, that world will say, well, I'm putting the white light around me. That should be enough, right? Like, I don't understand, but it's not because everyone has their own unique thumbprint, their spiritual thumbprint. And so just as you can go to the doctor and your spouse might do really great with one antibiotic, but you can't take that antibiotic, you have to take another antibiotic. The same with our spiritual side, it's not a one size fits all. So meditation, grounding, crystals, um, and who you're hanging around, how much are you allowing in your life that's, that's calling you weak, that's, you know, creating all of these terrible, you know, words of affirmation that you're allowing and you're listening to them as well. Good. So do you give people uh, clues or hints or exercises to figure out what they are themselves or how they do do it? So for instance, so the emotional empath, let's talk. I just, I just opened the book and I came Open the book. Open the book. So spiritually, it's like, yes. So are you an emotional empath? Have you ever been called oversensitive? Yes. Do loud noises irritate you or cause you anxiety? Like there are times where I actually think I could murder my husband for snoring. Like there are (laughs) moments of time like he's eating too loud. Like I, I am one of those. After spending time with someone, have you ever felt emotionally exhausted? Do crowds make you feel tired, sick, or uneasy? Do you tend to look out for the underdog? Have you ever felt someone else's emotion in your own body, mind, and spirit? Do you feel exhausted by angry people? Are you chronically tired or suffer from depression or anxiety? Do you feel as if you oversee everyone else's happiness? And uh, does seeing or hearing about a person or an animal that's injured or sad and going through a hard time emotionally hurt you? And the emotions don't have to be just crying it can just be that gut-wrenching like a knife going into your stomach and so with every empath I have the you're an empath if kind of like you know you're a redneck if you know and um you don't have to be all of those things because again typically I say if you're three of those things then you probably fit the category of that that is good. And again, I'm sure many people listening to the show because of who we are going, oh, yeah, I've got at least three of those. Yeah. <laughs> so so what are some of the other ones? I, I love this and I love lists. So so how do you know that you're a, a physical empath, say? Perfect. Have you ever been called oversensitive? You're going to see this pretty much on the top of every single one of them, because especially if you're in the corporate world, I mean, a lot of times people you know, they, when they're an empath, they feel all of that energy. And in the corporate world, you're supposed to be tough and you're supposed to be strong. And again, it doesn't mean that you're not, but it's how you relate to it. And by the way, men can be empaths just as much as women. There's not a like, oh, it's an 80% woman thing and a 20%. There is, there is no bias with regards to gender with that. Have you ever been labeled a hypochondriac? 
After spending time with someone, have you ever felt exhausted? Do crowds make you feel sick, tired, or uneasy? Do you feel, have you ever felt anyone else's anxiety? Have you ever felt someone's physical pain? So I, I'm not taking credit, but I'll, I knew my husband had cancer because mm. when I read for somebody who has cancer, I see Dalmatian spots on them. So I kept seeing these Dalmatian mold spore spots on him and I'd go to the doctor and they're like, what is wrong with you? Like on paper, he looked great. His blood was fine. Like there was nothing. He hadn't lost weight. There was nothing wrong with him. And thankfully I've got a really great, you know, team of medical doctors that believe in me and they understand that I see weird things. And they did the right test and we caught his cancer like so early that they were like, that's that. But the hypochondriac, you know, element or you're feeling somebody else's pain and sometimes you think that it's yours and that's where that hypochondriac comes from. Someone's got a headache, a migraine, and you're like, oh, I've got a migraine. I don't know why. And then your cubicle mate is like, oh, I've had a migraine for three days. And you're like, you're the reason why I have a migraine. And so that's, that's a physical impact. Do you feel exhausted by angry people or do you try to avoid them? Um, which can sometimes make an empath seem passive as mm -hmm. well. Uh, are you chronically tired or suffering from unexplained physical symptoms? And when in the world is heavy, do you feel it best to just stay home? Just kind of wanting to go into your blanket fort. Does seeing or hearing about a person or animal injured physically hurt you. So I actually had an experience where I had been investigating a tuberculosis hospital and I came back from that coughing and ha like I was so sick and I went to my doctor and he's like, if I didn't know better, I'd say you have tuberculosis. And, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird because I was just investigating a tuber and he's like, well, one, we're going to test you for TB, right? Like, who knows? It's weird. But really, honestly, I think that it's a, it's the empath part of you that you absorb the energy from a spirit or from the building, you know, that was there. So a lot of times you do, you can feel like you're going crazy. If that you turned on such a light bulb in my head because I never, I understand empaths. I'm an empath. We, I've never related that why that person is a hypochondriac to an em, empathic thing before. Thank you. That will give me, help me give a lot more <laughs> understanding. Do you get every freaking disease that you hear about? Oh, maybe you do. Maybe it's just an empathic right. thing. Ah, yeah. thank you. Light and bulb I, moment. I, I think it does give some compassion. That's what I said that understanding an empath, even if you're not an empath, will help you better understand society of empaths because there's a chapter in there regards to if your child is an empath, maybe you're not, but your child might be or your spouse is and how you better handle them and the things you should and shouldn't say to them because it is more detrimental and makes them feel like their gift is a curse or is, you know, not a blessing like it really is. That is beautiful, especially with children, because people don't know how to deal with that, especially because I do believe the gift starts very young in sure. whatever your gifts are. And it's not your imaginary, whatever that is. So, right. okay. I, well, while we're on this, like we understand emotions and we understand physical. So how is somebody, what's an intuitive empath that, that's a little hard, harder to... 
diagnose, so to speak? Well, a little bit. You know, I think that it really goes into the clairvoyant, you know, and all the different clairs of that. Mm -hmm. So that one gets a little bit more woo-woo, even though, like, this is our world, right? We don't think it's woo-woo, but, you know, the whatever normal is. Yeah, exactly. They might think that it is. But does your intuition give you a clear picture of something beyond the surface level? Are you able to help others verbalize what they're feeling? Are you a natural go for advice or counseling? So this is somebody that can be in the grocery store minding their own business. And a complete stranger comes up and says, do you have a roast recipe? And they're like, yeah, actually I do. And then they go shopping with the person and then they're telling their life story. And the person's like, I don't understand. I have never told my life story to anybody. I don't even know why I'm telling, like, do you have some truth serum in your purse? Like what's going Mm -hmm. on? So that's where they're like, I am so tired of hearing about other people's stuff, but it's your gift. It, It is what, what it is. Do you suffer from autoimmune issues or chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, lupus, uh, fibromyalgia, all of those sort of autoimmune, I, I call it the empath disease. My publisher says I'm not allowed to say that. But a lot of those people who have the autoimmune diseases, it, it's sort of like someone has con- come up to them and taken their intuitive emotional side and just started ringing every bit of, you know, ounce of, of body, mind and soul out of them. Um, Do you trust your gut when deciding on a matter? Can you sense the emotions of your loved ones, even if they aren't physically with them? So whether it is someone geographically away, or it might be somebody spiritually away. Um, Are you quick to spot when someone's lying? So that that lie detector, do you consider yourself creative or artistic? And lastly, do you need alone time to rebalance and bounce back? Uh, Again, kind of like the whole, blanket fort of things, but needing some alone time to sort of recenter yourself. You just gave me another light bulb moment, Christy. Oh my gosh, you are brilliant. I am that person. I had health issues and this is about me and it was a drug my mom took when she was pregnant with me, but I had, does she have lupus? We don't know. Does she have fibromyalgia? We don't know. All these, the, 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 all the autoimmune of the day, I, I never put it to the empath, but I did at 30 went, no, I'm not buying into any of this. I'm a psychic. Right. I am a medium. I am a witch. I'm a healer. I am. And all of it went away. All of it went. Isn't that interesting? Away. Yeah. yeah. And, no. and I do believe that there is an ability to psycho, you know, somatically heal ourselves. And I also believe that we in utero take the energy of our parents you know, the cells from that, along with reincarnation, which I believe that we take the energy and we bring it into this lifetime as well. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And this was an artificial hormone given to my mom and I got all the stuff that went with it, but I haven't been sick in decades. So there you go. Good. <laughs> yeah. knock on, I'm a knock on wood type of a person. I'm not. I've got wood, wood everywhere. <laughs> yes, me too. Um, now I know that you also, I am so fascinated by this. I, 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 you talk about empaths and love. Now, why do you do yeah. that? Well, because I, a lot of empaths end up attracting toxic people, narcissists. Mm. They are, whatever empath you are, they tend to attract the broken because they see the best 
in that person. So they see their soul and the ability for their soul to be whole. And so they give them a chance and they give them another chance and they give them another chance. And a lot of times what happens is they start losing themselves through the ordeal. So I thought it was really important, and especially my teenagers and my 20-something-year-olds, to understand that we aren't supposed to fix everybody, we aren't supposed to heal everybody, that we have a purpose in life, but it is to hand tools to people and not fix. Even MDs, they don't go bedside every night to make sure you're taking the medication or that you're drinking the water that you're supposed to be drinking, or they don't do that or fix your dinner. They give you the tools. They tell you, this is what you should do. And in relationships, we need to do the exact same thing. And then on the other side, if you're in a relationship with somebody who is not an empath, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Um, but that they should understand that if you burst into tears, that it doesn't make you weak, you know, that you're not a weak person and to respect the boundaries, to respect if you need to go out into the woods by yourself and ground yourself, or you need to find a meditation room and burn sage and play with your crystals, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a trust level, but it's an understanding that trust level that is beautiful um so that's about communicating too with if, if other people involved it's it is which, and how to now, better do you, communicate do you find that some kind of empaths don't communicate as well because of everything going on i think a lot of times empaths have a hard time communicating and also accepting help mm. so it is like they think it's their job to be the helper. And therefore, if they are asking for help, if they're doing this call out, it means that they're not doing their job. Therefore, they are weak or they are whatever. So they end up getting burned out, which is, again, kind of the autoimmune situation, too. Or they end up having depression or anxiety or ADD or, you know, different overwhelming overload and then it just becomes this very toxic cycle. And so the healing element of relationships, whether it's with a boss or a parent or a child or a spouse, whatever, whoever it is, best friend, that's learning how to say, look at, I am ready to, to break. I'm at my breaking point. I need this from you. Or I don't need anything from you. Just let me have my breaking point. So it kind of touches into like the love languages, right? We know there's a great book called The Five Love Languages and how we can better communicate through those and learning one another's love language. It's like an empath language that we have to learn how to better, you know, decipher one another's. Because I, I, I say all the time, which is funny, my husband thinks it's ridiculous, but I'm like, I am not a mind reader. Like I am a psychic medium, but uh, unless your guide is telling me what you're thinking, I need you to speak up. I am not a mind reader. That's not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not, you know, trying to cut like that'd be exhausting if we were doing that with every human being, but a lot of empaths think that they're supposed to. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so what are some things? Okay. So somebody decides I'm this kind or I'm that kind. Can you be like, one third this kind and one third that kind sure. or a bit of, uh, just across the board. You're a, <laughs> you could be a mixing bag of all of them or one of them or two of them or absolutely. 
So, and and, and like, I've never been classified as a hippie per se, you know, I've never been like the tree hugger type, but I, I personally, I do need to be in nature, you know, even if it's going for a drive. Now, I don't want to jump into water because I'm afraid of fish and sharks (laughs) and stupidly, I don't know, maybe a past life I was eaten by a whale. I have no idea, but not really. That's just a joke. But, um, everybody can have a taste of that. So not everybody wants to live in a remote rural area and live in a cabin where there's no people and empaths are allowed to like people too, you know, even though it can be overwhelming and we have to, we cannot all hermit. And this pandemic has shown a lot of empaths that they thought that they were introverts and they realize that they actually feed off of people and they're, probably what I call an ambivert. They're a mix of the introvert, extrovert, and they just need some downtime away from that too. So yeah, you can be a mixed bag of all of that. Are you, are you, do you feel like you're the, you want to be out in nature? Do you like, being uh, yeah, I've got to be nature. I bought my house for the backyard. I, uh, yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a tree hugger. <laughs> I, I yeah. tell people, no, you go, go hug a tree. That's all you need right now. I'm very, ele- I'm elemental in my magic anyway. So, so that's yeah. just, I, we're overworking with deity and overworking with spirit and energy. I work with nature. So well, and yes, I say that I all I'm the a tree time. hugger, like, crystal girl. Physically uh, go hug a tree, like physically go hug that tree. Physically go and hug that tree. That is like, even if you're not a physical empath or go hug a tree anyway. If you're not an earth empath, go hug a tree anyway, because gosh, there's so much healing in nature. And and they're the information keepers. I mean, look at the Kabbalistic, the tree of life. Every religion has the tree of life. To me, if you really want to get some answers and meditation and, oh, I can't go meditate and do this. Go for a minute, go sit by a tree with your butt on the ground and Thank your you. spine along the trunk and just listen. Yep. And if you just can't do listen. that, if you're in the crazy Midwest like I am, where we're expecting a half a foot of snow in the next 12 hours, I you can actually, and I have it in the book too, is envision in your mind's eye that you're sitting next to a tree, your favorite tree. Like you can have your spiritual tree, you know, that is yes. your tree. It doesn't have bugs. It doesn't have, you know, anything that you might be afraid of. And you can hug that tree. I do it in the grocery store when I'm feeling overwhelmed and there's too many people around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find my tree. I love my willow tree. I love my oak tree. I just let it, you know, heal me. And it is so peaceful. Yeah, I do the same thing. And or and I also say grab a pencil. It's wood. It still has some spirit of that tree, even though it's been painted and this and had lead stick in the middle. There's a grounding to the lead, too. I will say, you know, touch wood, touch, there, there's yep. always something. I'm the knock on wood person for sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, so th- those are really good things for the physicality. So physical, you know, get in nature. And I, I preach that pretty much daily. Um, so what are some of the other things? What if you're the emotional or what if you're, you know, the intuitive? What, how do you, again, on off switch? I use that too. I use dimmer yeah. switch on off, yeah. but the- the emotional and the intuitive both. I think a lot of those empaths had a lot of trauma in their childhood. And so I think a really good kind of meditation for that is to envision your younger self and to relove that self. It's very common sense stuff that we've been taught, you know, time and time before, but it's a lot of 
being reminded that we need to do that. So it is, if you're not a good envisioning person, then writing a letter to your younger self. And you can even write a letter to the person that hurt you, or you think that the trauma happened and burn it or rip it up. And the new moons and the full moons are such great times to do, you know, those, those sort of practices. I also, I am a crystal girl. I love my crystals. So, you know, a, a one size fits all crystal is amethyst. So amethyst is an amazing crystal to grab onto because it takes a lot of the emotions Selenite is another one. It's really good at that aura cleansing and taking all of these emotions. And mm. um, I've got one right here too. I just, I, it's out of my reach. Um, it's like, oh, selenite? And, say, I yeah, keep it right here. Selenite's amazing. And it just takes and it absorbs all of your excess residue that it knows what it's supposed to do. There's no magic that you have to say to it or give to it. It already knows what it's, it's connected to you in that way. And so that is just a really easy practice. Another really wonderful for any of the empaths as well is to envision a backpack. Like, do you feel a backpack on you? Is it heavy? Is it not heavy? And take it, shrug it off, like in your visual, you know, mind's eye and start taking the things out of your backpack and see what it is. Is it a rock? Is it labeled something? Is it a boulder? Is it labeled something? And then you can either envision going to a river or a lake and throwing all of that stuff in. You're not loitering. I promise the spiritual world will take care of it. Or, you know, actually going to a lake and throwing a stone, you know, into a lake or into a waterway and feel the lightness of that load happen. You can do that even every night before you go to bed. I love that. That's good. I've never done it with a backpack before. That's that's amazing. Um, I have so many questions I could ask you. I'm just going to have to have you come back. Will you come back one of these days? I would love to, Pam. I would love that too. Um, So before we go, anything else you want to, I want to get into like how people can find you and how people can get this beautiful book. But is there any other moments of wisdom that you think my people need to hear? They're listening hard. So another really good way to embrace your empathy is to listen to music. And to watch what music you're listening to, because if it's angry, if it is, if it's like a lower vibrational music, that is going to set the course for your feelings, your, your day, your year, your relationships. If it is that I'm not going against anyone who loves screamo or heavy, like that's not what I'm saying. Um, But make sure that that vibration that you're allowing kind of that chakra balancing in that I remember, and this is such a real life thing. I had gotten divorced years and years and years ago, and it was a good thing back then. I didn't think it was a good thing, but it's kind of one of those where you, you know, in the end you're like, Oh, that's why it happened. But I had gone to a divorce recovery class and in it, they said, don't listen to anything sad. Like don't turn on the country music. Cause back then it was all, yeah. I lost my dog. I lost my truck. I lost my wife, you know, all right. of that. And, um, but don't listen to anything sad put on, you know, 80s dance music, you know, put on anything that you can stomp your energy out of kind of like having a temper tantrum, but you're stomping Mm -hmm. that energy. 
And so, you know, utilizing music, even doing a musical instrument, you know, and utilizing the vibrations of that is also a really easy way to embrace your empathy, to embrace that empath and to turn healthier with it too. I love that. I love that. So it's, you're setting your environment and sound is so yeah. healing. Sound is magic in itself. So very good advice. Thank you. Um, so again, tell people I, where they can get your book. Beautiful, so the book is available beautiful. wherever books are. Thank you. It's Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, pretty much anywhere. My publisher is Llewellyn. Um, super excited. It has been a bestseller. So I'm so happy that the message has gotten out to so many people. Very grateful. Um, and my website is my name. So it's christyrabinette.com. My socials are my name, Christy Rabinette. I'm completely accessible. And it's K-R-I-S-T-Y-R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T. -T. Everyone wants to French it up and be like Christy Robinet, but <laughs> it's Robinette. I love okay. that. Um, so you guys really, I recommend this book and it could not have came out at a better time because I, I honestly, how we opened up, I had this conversation, everybody, I'm an empath. I can't go out anymore. I can't, it, yeah. it's, but you have to, you know, and, and it's, yeah. you know, some things are getting worse by the minute. So this could be your savior. Everybody get this book. So check out Christy Robinette, christyrobinette.com. Um, and then come back again because I've had Love many too. light bulbs this and I'm sure my people did too. So thank you for visiting the Witching Thanks, Hour. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. Be blessed. Yay.